On today's show, I have with me a serial entrepreneur, Saurabh Jain. He's currently the co-founder of Stable Money and was previously the MD and CEO of Navi AMC, Chief of Staff in Swiggy, among other profiles. A very warm welcome to the show, Saurabh. Thank you so much, Kaushik. I'm super excited to be on your show. So let's start with your first startup in 2009 itself, Edgeways. It was at a time when there was no edtech to speak of. So what led you to co-found it and how was the journey? Oh, actually, this is the first time after 2009 that I'm talking about Edgeways. Nobody ever mentioned this. So thanks for bringing this up. There's a lot of memories. So Edgeways is interestingly founded by me and one of my very close friends during college, who is now my co-founder at Stable Money as well. This happened in college and I think both of us coming from a very humble background, we wanted to do something because we were not sure if we'll get a job out of college or not. So we said that, is there any opportunity to do something of our own and start earning some money much before the job starts? Um, Every year in IIT Bombay, the new batch will come, right? People who were good rank holders, like I think all in their rank two, they were in touch with us. So we started talking to them and we thought that there is a good opportunity that we can start creating some educational content for the JE coaching classes in tier one and tier two cities. Because these students are really deprived of good quality content and hacks as well, like how other folks have already cracked it. So that's got us started thinking about that idea. We got some 5-10 students who recently cleared IITJ and we said we'll create the content for the coaching classes. We started doing that. We did a couple of successful pilots in a few cities, got some money and we were very content saying ki, now this is enough, we are happy. Uh, then coincidentally, both of us got a job in the same company. So then we stopped that and today that's one of the three regrets I have of not continuing that startup, but because obviously we were very short-sighted, but looking at how it has evolved, I think we had a great opportunity at that point in time. Interesting. So you made your move to corporate life, as you said, you spent nearly five years with fractal analytics. And interestingly, I'm also in the business analytics space. So business intelligence, I've worked with BO, Cognos, so on. I was, of course, in that field from 2007. So I know that's one of the most interesting fields to be in. So what made you realize and take the jump back into the entrepreneurial space? Oh, so unlike some other folks, my jump to startup was more from the FOMO. And that was the time, I think, 2000. 14, 15, when Ola was picking up tiny own housing, some of these companies were getting started, making it big. And all these are people that I knew personally from the college days. And obviously a lot more people who are working in similar companies. And because of that, I just realized that the work that I'm doing right now at Fractal has very less relevance at that point in time. So I thought I wanted to get into something like this because it was looking obviously exciting. So... Yeah, it was a very quick call to get into startups and saying that, okay, let me start doing something of my own. Obviously, before doing my own startup, I spent a couple of months just to get a feel of how things are. But but the movement to starting of my own company happened pretty fast. Okay. So just to delve a little deeper into it, if you had to go back in time, would you have made the jump again? 
Oh, I would absolutely do that again. <laughs> I'll fine tune some of the bits how I did it and when I did it. But I have zero regrets of start leaving a good paying job at that point in time. I was based out of Geneva. Leaving Geneva, coming to India, and starting something of my own. I think I would do that again. No regrets there. Great. Then in 2015, you co-founded Truce, which was into B two B agri. Yeah, 2015, I started Truce, which was in agri tech space where the the role was procuring from farmers and delivering it to the restaurants so how was that experience oh that was actually quite scary if i look back at that point in time we were very excited initially that we were starting something of our own i had one of my very close friends from college again uh, working with me as a co-founder we initially got lucky with raising some funds very quickly so all that excitement converted into fear very soon when we started doing things on the ground it was not as easy uh, as we thought and less from the business perspective more from how we were running the company how we were hiring people how we were managing people how we were planning it out some of these things we were doing for the first time obviously very naive in terms of how we took some of the decisions at that point in time so that journey was actually the foundation of what i'm doing today but yeah at that point in time i was not very happy in doing that but today i believe that played a very critical role very interesting then you moved on to swiggy where you worked very closely with sachin bansal uh, oh at uh, swiggy i worked with sachin i worked closely at navi Okay, so yeah. in Swiggy also you scaled from about nine cities to five hundred in about six months, which is approximately three a day. So how did you manage the scale? Because this is something that is very interesting. Oh yeah, so we had no plans of going to five hundred cities first. Our plan was always from nine cities to first thirty cities, then thirty cities to hundred cities, and then as we started doing this, one led to another, and we said that okay. we have to get into these many cities the count was 500 eventually so that was never the first thought that we had to do 500 when we started doing it also the scale that we thought or the speed that we thought was also not planned at that point in time when i started doing this because at that point in time we were launching one city every 6 month mm-hmm. so obviously doing 500 cities in 6 to 9 months was never heard of at that point in time one obviously at swiggy there was a lot of push to scale fast so that gave us a lot of resources and idea and tailwinds in terms of uh, doing this second obviously there was another macro situation happening matter was also scaling really fast so they were also going fast so mm-hmm. that gave us a lot of attention and priority for the project that i was running so all of those things just started compounding really well over the period of those 6 to 9 months where we started moving things fast like we got the resources really fast we got the the tech support really fast so those are some of the internal things that helped us secondly as zomato was also scaling there was very limited efforts that we had to make or even zomato had to make because restaurants and customers were really aware of how the entire ecosystem works so in that ways training and launching the newer cities were much faster than what it was initially when Let's say we were launching uh, Chandigarh or we were launching uh, Ahmedabad kind of cities. Okay, because the most interesting thing I would like to understand better is around the hiring. 
the kind of hiring that you will have to go at that scale wouldn't it affect the quality of the people as well or the standards the sops etc oh no absolutely and and to be very honest we did not get the best folks at that point in time if i look back and see that because we were hiring almost 350 400 people to go launch these cities things and then scale it and when things happen at such a fast scale obviously you will go and make those mistakes so i think that happened with us as well like anybody else but interestingly because the internal systems were so robust that we corrected some of those hiring mistakes very quickly and got some good folks and replaced the ones who were not able to really scale with the the demand that we had very interesting how about the marketing front because with so many cities you have uh, south indian languages then the north indian will be separate a lot of it see the uh, interesting part is if you see it in two three folds first swiggy and zomato were already the brand name so mm-hmm. we never had to educate a lot of people that what do we mean by food delivery so that was the easier part for us second is our most of the focus were on the digital marketing channels and that's very easy to scale sitting out of bangalore and we had a great team who could scale marketing across all those cities very quickly and interestingly third part is we have got folks from those respective cities whichever we were launching that they gave us a lot of ideas in terms of what can we do like for example we know that there are certain restaurants in a particular city which are really famous so doing marketing around those restaurants will have a highest roi there are certain places which will have a very high traffic during peak time so how do you market it there so combination of these two three things made the marketing effort really really seamless for us when we were launching these cities interesting how big was the marketing team approximately that time because the entire marketing used to run centrally the marketing team should be around 20 30 people because it's a combination of digital marketing creative copywriting and etl btl kind of activity so it was a slightly larger team obviously every city cohort also had a city growth manager so a lot of on the ground activities let's say newspaper inserts and some of these holdings used to happen at that cohort level so mm-hmm. not all the efforts used to run from the central marketing team there was some allocation to the city teams as well where they can take their own calls great so in swiggy you also were the chief of staff yeah so what is the biggest myth that you consider about that role oh so my <laughs> interestingly my introduction to chief of staff as a term came from house of cards and the role was so powerful there and i thought that i'll be doing that kind of role so that shattered on day one itself where i got to know that this is an important role but a lot of uh, activity happens in the backdrop uh, so you don't have as much visibility as you think you would get also i think second thing i realized maybe not the first time but the second time when i was chief of staff to sachin at navi is that chief mm-hmm. of staff as a role depends very much on the person that you are working with because the main idea is to create the extended bandwidth for the executive that you are working with and it depends on the working style of that executive so these are some of the myths that i believe people still would have where they think key chief of staff means everything uh, p0 will be run by you you are the deputy ceo i think that's not true in most of the cases right yeah. so 
interestingly after this you made a crazy jump as you quoted it yourself where you moved as the md and ceo of navi mutual funds so yeah. how did it happen what made sachin actually reach out to you and think that you would be the right person so these are the series of events that happened so in i think 2020 2020 yeah 2020 i just got a call from navi that sachin is looking for a chief of staff and will you be interested and till that time i had no direct exposure to sachin before so we never knew each other i thought things are going fine at swiggy but let me just give this a shot and just get to meet sachin so we did the interview i spoke to him and after that things moved really fast and i landed a job of chief of staff to him at that point of time navi was very fairly new and things were just falling in place we were not exactly sure how and what we have to do in next 3 to 6 months so that was a very ambiguous period and i was also not very comfortable in that ambiguous period because things were so active and day to day was so busy at swiggy and by the human nature you like to be busy and suddenly it created a lot of vacuum for me at navi and that's why i think initial 3 months were really tough for me but then after that i gave myself a lot of time also sachin started giving me fewer responsibilities in terms of marketing and some of those things that i never did and i think that started building a good relationship with sachin i think that also gave a lot of confidence to sachin that maybe if the things are new i'll be able to pick it up and take it to maybe 0 to 1 or 1 to 10 kind of a scale quickly mm-hmm. and just in time there was a peak covid time first wave november 2020 where we got a license of mutual fund from sebi and we were in search of the ceo for doing this mutual fund i just thought let me take a shot by speaking to sachin if i could take that role and just spoke to sachin saying that sachin i would be keen on doing this or a minus one role to mutual fund because i'm really keen in doing mutual fund as a business because that looks very exciting some of the numbers that we did as part of the chief of staff role i think very promising so i thought this could be a good opportunity to get from a very horizontal role which is a chief of staff role to a very vertical role where you can go into the depth i said why don't you do that role i was very shocked that sachin would say this and i told him that sachin but i don't have any experience in doing this whatever i know about mutual fund is maybe past couple of months of all the research that i have done but obviously this will involve working closely with sebi working across the industry and a lot of key people that i i don't think i'm of that age or caliber to do this so he said i think that will be fine anyways we don't want to do mutual fund how the traditional mutual funds are you want to do it differently and i think you will do a fairly good job and let's see how that goes i was taken aback but then i said okay give me some time to give my answer and then next day i went and told him that okay i want to do this and yeah that's how it started i remember a lot of friends family folks asking me how it happened and they expected some fancy story but it was as plain vanilla as it could be the getting that role interesting you of course had to build the whole team as well so how easy or difficult was it because in one of your earlier interviews you had also mentioned that one of your biggest mistakes in your previous startup cruise was around building the team so how did you do things differently this time oh so i don't think i have forget navi mutual i don't think even today i have figured it out but yeah everybody talks about it but i have seen it first hand where 
having the right team by your side is so so critical for a mutual fund obviously i was initially very scared in terms of whether i will be able to do this role or not so when you have doubts about your capabilities it becomes very important to have a right team by your side where who can pick up things where you are not able to do it so i think the first call was to start everything from scratch and i looked in my circle where people that i have really worked with especially at swiggy and fractal who could be a really good fit where i have a lot of trust and comfort that i don't have to manage things for those people and i believe at the 0 to 1 scale some of those skill set that these people will have could really help me and that's how i got two very young folks from swiggy who worked with me actually when they were interns at mm-hmm. swiggy and those folks joined me at navi and that's how we started building things and i think interestingly what i've seen is that it has a very high compounding effect if you have really great folks right in the beginning working with you then even the people that they will start hiring will be of the same quality right and then post that i think we started getting some really good profiles and started building teams wherever we feel we could do it and it's not like i had to manage the team closely because everybody was capable and we were running things very parallel and that's why just from getting the license to going live we did not take more than 6 months i think that was the fastest mutual fund that was launched with a clear plan and the strategy in mind that what we have to do for the next 10 years and that is still continuing even i think 3 years down the line when you like you mentioned right now started working with youngsters who were probably just interns there this ties back to your concept of hiring for slope rather than the intercept so can you just elaborate yes. a little bit on that as well oh yeah so i got introduced about this concept very recently and i just thought of connecting the dots backward but there are two sets of people that i believe you would need especially when you are doing 0 to 1 and 1 to 10 kind of a scale one set of people are the people who have a lot of uh, sufficient required knowledge to give you that head start and that's what i call as an intercept that these people will come and you will quickly achieve what would have taken you 2 to 3 months to do that you will achieve that on day 1 because they already have done this so they have all the required knowledge for that but the slope is where you have people who have not done it but their learning curve is so so steep that these people will adapt learn things very fast so they will be able to achieve the same thing in 3 4 months but they'll be able to scale that also really fast so what i've learned is and that's what we are doing at stable money as well that we have got people full time who are very high on adaptability learning things but we have got support from a lot of well wisher consultants who have done these things in the past who can quickly give us a head start for the initial 2 3 months so be it design be it engineering be it product be it growth we have a set of individuals who have been there done that who are guiding us in terms of how we should do this but the day to day work is done by the team and i believe we will reach a point in couple of months where this team independently can start scaling it up then we don't have to look back so that's what i mean by slope versus intercept both are very critical mm-hmm. uh, i think how do you mix and match some of these things will become very important right so the team that you need probably from going from a 0 to 1 would be very different from let's say a 1 to 5 and then again from a 5 to a 10 right so yeah. 
from practical experience, what even I have seen is that if you're going to be hiring people at the stage when you're going from zero to one, those people will want to be at the helm when it is going from one to 10. So how do you balance that? There'll be some people who will be a very good fit from a zero to one, but may not be the right fit from a one to 10. So do you see that the entire culture changing based on meritocracy? How do you balance that? Oh, so I think that's the most difficult task. Though at Stable, we are still at a zero to one journey, but during my first startup in Sweden, now we have seen whenever this step jump happens that you go from zero to one to one to five or one to 10 kind of things, there is some disruption that happens and that's majorly because of the team changes. Because obviously whatever efforts you put in, nobody is 100% perfect. And you would realize that there are few people who will not be able to scale and those people will have to then place into the right role and you'll have to get people who can take the uh, driving seat from that particular point and scale it to the next level. So I think that we will all have to do. The only thing is setting those expectations and keep giving those feedback and keep giving those opportunities to the people that once some of these changes happen, they know why it is happening, what is happening. Right. So that's the one very important thing. And though we are yet to reach that zero to one and see who are able to scale or not, one thing that I'm doing right now is keep giving the a very regular feedback to the team in terms of what is working, what is not working. Obviously, many of them are able to adapt and change and I believe can take a driving seat even for a 1 to 10 kind of a scale, but a few people might not be able to. But the only best part would be that they would know what is not working right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And how do you get the teams to work within themselves? There will be some teams, especially sales, which would want to be growing very, very aggressively, like the way you also did in Swiggy, right? There will be others which would prefer to, which is going to be a support, but they will want to be more cautious. So how do you balance this culture of the inter-team harmony? Hey, I think to be very honest, I don't think like it'll work very seamlessly or it has worked very seamlessly anywhere. Obviously in some places there is more friction than some other places, but there will be friction. I think one very important thing is to tell the entire team that what is the focus. And if that part is the focus, then everything runs around that. And that has to be established really well. You don't have to do that communication very subtly. You'll have to do that communication very upfront, very clearly to the people. Like, okay, my focus right now is to scale from one to 10. That means I want to focus on growth and I want to do that growth at the lowest cap possible. So everybody, whether it's a product team or the engineering team or any marketing team, they'll have to work around the sales team or the growth team. So that communication, I do it really fast because once you do that communication very openly, I think you will take away a lot of chatter that will happen separately outside of the meeting room. So that's one thing that I do. And second thing that I do is we are, at least when some of these transitions are happening or when you are setting the goal, I think there is a process of daily catch up that we do, which is a P0 priority. So I think that also smoothens out a lot of friction that might be happening on a day-to-day -day basis because there is a daily communication that is happening because communication is very critical when you believe there is some friction because if the teams are not talking to each other for a long period of time, that's where the problem comes. So these are the two things that I'm doing that very on, like very clearly upfront communicating what is the priority. And second is having daily cadence of getting all the required teams together to discuss what is happening there. 
Very interesting. I'm sure this is going to be very useful for many people. Another thing, you are very high when it comes to bias for action. So how do you balance that with patience? <laughs> I'm actually very impatient. And that's the feedback I keep getting from a lot of my team members. I don't think I have I've nailed it how to have a real high balance. And what I've also realized, I don't need that balance, right? Because that's the strength and I want to really double down on those strengths of having high bias for actions. But some of the team members that I believe are closely working with me. I want them to keep nudging me or keep telling me that, okay, these are some of the places where I think we'll have to focus on something else and not only getting the things done, right? So I have become very active listener to some of those people in the ecosystem that that is now helping me to have a balance. So rather than me building that skill of having the patience, I think I am borrowing that skill from some of the people that are closely working with me. Very interesting because I happen to have the same problem. So it's, it's always going to be useful for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if, if it really helps, but I, at least if I have to go back last five, six months, I think there is some progress on that line. Great. So my final question and definitely my favorite, if you could go back in time and give the 20-year-old some advice, what would that be? Oh, I, <laughs> see, if, if I get some time when I'm not doing work or not thinking about work, I just think one thing that I should do even today or I should have done when I was 20 is I always thought that if you have to make it really big, it's like a sprint. So you quickly run on some of these things. Over time, I've realized in the last 10, 20 years that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you need to have a very strong fundamentals to stretch when the time comes. And that, that fundamentals is your physical health, your mental health, your family those are some of the things that during my initial period, either at Fractal or when I was doing my first startup, or maybe some part of Swiggy as well, I really compromised. Uh, but last maybe few months of Swiggy or Navi, or even now, I'm ensuring that I'm spending at least a couple of hours a day on my physical and mental health and spending time with my family. Because whenever then the time to stretch comes, whether it's a launch or something else is happening or fundraise is happening. I'm able to put that extra hours and make the things work because everything else is in place. So I, I think that's the only thing that I should have done in the past as well. But yeah, I'm just trying to work on those pieces right now. I think it's a very interesting concept because even generally, there's a mindset I've seen quite a few leaders where they have this thing, even if there's no work, you, know, you should come to the office. But what I have also seen from practical experience is that it's better that you let the guy unwind and you know, start, try and recover from it so that when exactly the point you mentioned. So when it's the time to actually push, they're able to do the needful. And that's when they'll give you 100% as well. Yeah. So, so thank you so much, Saurav. It was a very, very insightful session. Uh, really appreciate you having taken the time out as well. Wishing you the very best for your upcoming venture, Stable Money. And I'm sure we'll be hearing about it as the next unicorn very soon. No, thank you so much, Scott. I was obviously super excited and the conversation was also very insightful. I started making some notes when I was talking because uh, a lot of times you don't consciously think about some of these things that you are mentioning. It's just that when somebody is asking you the right question, you start thinking about this. So, so yeah, a lot of takeaway for me as well. 